Welcome to the What If Podcast with your hosts, Spencer Worth Davis and Ryan Copperood. Dude, I was watching this video today of a, a killer whale mm. that it, it was in like this tank. At, it must have been at SeaWorld or something. Whoa, my brain went somewhere else. I was like, damn, <laughs> <laughs> militarized orcas. They really are killer whales now. Shit. And it, it swam up to the side How of it. How did it get inside? <laughs> Is the tank full of water? <laughs> it swam up to like the edge of the edge of the tank and it coughed up a fish. Ooh. Because there were a bunch of birds sitting there, and it waited until one of the birds got ballsy enough to try and eat the fish, and then it just chomped down on that bird, and it got oh, the bird and man. the fish. Is Doubled that, up. Is that like whale fishing? Is that yes. what that is? <laughs> yes. It went fishing for birds with fish as a whale. Ooh, they squeaking now. This is the What If Podcast. Yeah. We're listening to some seal sounds. All the crazy shit you hear in the background are the sounds that seals make underwater. What if what if seals sounded like UFO? What if Antarctica is from... the weirdest goddamn place on the whole planet? I think it might be, man. Or it's close. It's like, it's, no, it's not even close. It's the weirdest place on Earth yeah, by, okay. by a lot. All right, good. I'm I'm fine with staking that claim in the ground because I've been weirded out for the past like few days about yeah. this shit. What uh, <laughs> we're talking about Antarctica? What what are some weird facts about Antarctica, Ryan? All right, guys. So. Put your put your belts on. We're we're gonna go uh, strap yourselves <laughs> These in. These facts are gonna blow your pants off. <laughs> Keep your hands and feet inside the vehicle. We're about to get scientific inside, and strange. Inside the whale tank. <laughs> inside the whale tank. And this time we're talking about military tanks, not not Sea World tanks. Um. So these are things that I learned in my course of just researching the basics of Antarctica. Yep, give us your Antarctic book report. All of which I did not know. Yes, this is my Antarctic book report. There are a lot of things we don't know. Come on, you got to be more specific. This is my, uh, well, all of these things I did not know. (laughs) Um, So uh, first off, I I had to check out size for Antarctica because I was like, I don't even know how big that is. Pretty big. And you see it, you know, when we unfurl the map, you see it, it looks like it's like real big. Maps, they always lie to us. They make the U.S. too big. They make everything else too small. Right, right, right. They put shit closer together than it should be. Yep, exactly. A bunch of lying-ass liars. Exactly. Um, So the hard part about the size of Antarctica is that it's not the same ever. Um, Oh, because it's... Partially made out of ice and such. So it's constantly fluctuating, which I never knew. Basically, so Antarctica... right now it's shrinking? Well, through every year, it's growing and shrinking. Mm. Its total size is shrinking, like in the face of global warming. But within that, it fluctuates? But within that, it fluctuates. Okay. because So because of Antarctica's location on, uh, on the globe, it has summer and winter, which is basically over the course of one month's period of time, it flips from being full darkness for six months of the year to full light for six months of the year. Right. Which they in its own time right, zones there. I mean, yeah, I guess that makes sense because everything's it wouldn't make any, yeah, dead it ass wouldn't, center. It wouldn't help you. Right. Um, but they, um, because it gets six months of uh, darkness and six months of light, the continent shifts in size because when it's dark it's colder so the right, ice mass right. on top of the land mass that is antarctica grows steadily right, out into right. the ocean and then the sun shrinks it back down so it kind of crazy that it grows and fluctuates if you were to get an average size for it it's about the size antarctica is about the size of the united states and mexico combined or like twice the size of australia if that's more helpful to y'all mm. um it's larger than it's slightly larger than europe 
Yep, slightly larger than Europe is another good one for our for our UK and European it's, folk. Uh, it's also large as fuck. If uh, if that's a better point of reference for you, <laughs> it's bigger than I thought it was. I'll yeah, say that. Yeah, it's real fucking big for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it actually like doubles in size in the winter months as compared to the summer months, which is pretty Damn. wild. Um, so. I had this dumb question: Is Antarctica only ice? It's not. There is land mass. Correct. That is they Antarctica. Got mountain ranges and, and volcanoes and stuff. Fuck yeah, they do. Um, however, for the vast majority, even though there are some like protruding land mass elements that you can see above the ice, for the most part, the actual land mass of Antarctica is covered by one and a half miles deep of ice, mm-hmm. and as deep in some places is three miles thick of ice. Also, that sheet of ice is approximately 40 million years old. Damn. Damn, that's so wild. Mm-hmm. This goes back to my theory from however long ago. I think it was when we were doing the apocalyptic episodes where I was like, one day when global warming kicks in, there's going to be some 20 million year old bug that's going to come out of the yeah. fucking ice when it melts down. Well, they're trying to uh, drill into Lake Vostok right now, which is a huge lake underneath the ice in Antarctica. It's roughly the size of Lake Ontario, and it's been covered by ice for millions of years, and they're pretty sure that things live in it, but they haven't had access to the surface in millions of years. Cool. Let's pull them out and introduce them to the population. Right. What could go wrong? Nothing at all. <laughs> Not even a little bit of also, anything. Also, if there are aliens, that's absolutely where they are. Well, we'll get there eventually. <laughs> Y'all know we always do, but Sooner we will than get later, there. Sooner later, I would guess. <laughs> if knowing ourselves. Um, What's the coldest it's ever been on Antarctica? The coldest it has ever been was in, uh, I think it was documented in 1980. Uh, shit, I didn't write the year down. I think it was in the early 80s. Make it up. No one cares. 83, I'm pretty Sounds sure. Good. But I'm, <laughs> I'm not positive. Y'all <laughs> don't quote me. Lord. I do, <laughs> my Lord. I do have the exact temperature, though. It was 128.6 degrees below zero Fahrenheit Ugh. or negative 89.2 degrees Celsius. For all our Scottish listeners. For our Scottish folk. Hey, you're, uh, we did a Patreon thing, but you're back and I'm back. And hello, back. we missed you Everybody's guys. Everybody's back, yeah. We Hopefully. survived. Ryan didn't get his ass haunted or anything. <laughs> yeah. I looked for him. Uh, there are a lot, of, a lot of old buildings. I was sure most of them were haunted based on how old everything in Edinburgh is. I survived the entertaining dumpster fire that is Los Angeles. <laughs> we're, we're here. <laughs> I lived there for two years. I can co-sign that as a very exact. It's great, and it's just a piece of shit all at the same time. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's not what we're here for. Um, but yeah, we're we're we are back and we're in action and we're talking about Antarctica today. Um, another uh, potentially uh, interesting thing or question that I had and needed answering was: uh, nobody lives there. There are people. There are people there, but there are no permanent residents of Antarctica. I thought Chile had a little settlement of sorts. I think Am I, it, wrong? I think that is though a scientific like base that cycles people out, but it's not. Oh, so it's not the same people there, but it's a semi-permanent thing. Yeah, and like it, there are a couple it. different semi-permanent ones on there, but it's not like um, there's no one who like has an electric bill there or like lives there for like right the future. They, there's no. The food sources are only brought in based on the missions that are occurring out there at any given time, et cetera. So there's not like a grocery store. You know, there's no like commerce or anything there. Not a lot of infrastructure. Yeah, not a lot of infrastructure in literally the coldest place on the planet. They do have one ATM though. Do they really? Yeah. Oh, that's pretty funny. 
They got a bar, at least at least one bar also. That's tight. A lot of booze on Antarctica, it turns out. I bet We're going to get bar, to that later. Is there? I bet yeah. that bar is lit. Right? It's like all these people who are living the in... What else are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, for sure. If you, don't, if you don't have a cocktail and like dance to some shitty 80s music, you will probably go insane. I was reading an article today of... Uh, that interviewed a couple of people who had lived there for like a couple of years at a time sure. doing research. Uh, astrophysicists, because apparently it's real dark there when you don't have any buildings or anything for you know thousands of miles in every direction. I bet the stars are amazing. One of the one of the women was saying like, yeah, uh, not a lot of food comes in. It's mostly booze. <laughs> um, we don't have like AA meetings or anything, so no one's technically an alcoholic, <laughs> but a lot of people could probably use them. Oh my god! Yeah, like it sounded. <laughs> And like, uh, I guess one of the the fastest ways to get sent home, and the only reason people get sent off, is that like people are just drunk idiots, and they make like dangerous decisions. One time, eleven people got sent back at once because they all got drunk and beat the shit out of each other. Oh Jesus! Because <laughs> like, also, you're you're seeing the same ten people every day for months at a time. Right. Like, I hate you, and I hate you, and I hate you, and I love this tequila, and I'm gonna punch the shit out of your face right now. If Marsha shows me her warmer gloves one more time, I'm going to fucking murder her. I go live with the penguins. <laughs> I was, uh, I was also, I mean, I think part of the reason too, why they probably boo people off for bad behavior. I was watching a documentary about Antarctica in prep for this episode. And, um, they were talking about like how extensive the, uh, the training and like, like, uh, like they literally instruct you how to put on your outerwear in a way that is safe and all the things you need to do if you're out in one of their, a lot of their vehicles are the crawler vehicles with the treads on them, you know, yeah. so they can get from place to place. Whale and, tanks. Uh, what's that? Whale tanks. Whale tanks. Yeah. Yes. Whale <laughs> tanks. Um, God, that's such a great image. <laughs> I want I want an artist listener yeah, to send yeah, illustrator us, friends. Uh, yeah, you know what to do. You know what to do. Give us a whale tank. Um but they're they're having these pretty heavy duty instructional sessions that tell you how to put your coat on and if this happens then this and if you see a crack in the ice you need to pull back and run bitch <laughs> run or you need to dig it out with like a shovel up to x amount of no, you don't. feet no you don't you <laughs> yeah. need to get the fuck from that crack yeah. <laughs> i mean i i think just being there in general is i would i would be in run mode the entire you, time you can't go there unless you've had your appendix and wisdom teeth removed no way mm-hmm because you 100% die if your appendix bursts. Yeah. And they won't ship you out. Like, they'll just, yeah. What's with the wisdom teeth one? There's no, no one's ever had a wisdom tooth emergency. I guess you could get them infected if they erupt. But even yeah, that, if they're like. But even that's like. I think it would mostly just be pain, wouldn't it? You can't. I guess if you got an infection. Well, that's what I'm saying. But then couldn't they just pump you full of, they've got to have antibiotics or something, right? Well, uh, I would imagine. I imagine they have a heavy store of them in case somebody gets a, a sinus I, I infection. Think sometimes or, it can be months at a time though before you can leave. Yeah. Oh, right. I guess. So I can see with an appendicitis because if if your appendix I mean, ruptures that, that within seventy two hours, yeah. you could have uh, whatever they call that when your when your blood's like poisonous or whatever at a certain point. I don't know. Lupus. I don't think that's. <laughs> don't think that's it at all. Um. Yeah, I, I didn't quite get that. I guess a, a tooth infection maybe could get out of hand if untreated and yeah. cause we, it's close to your brain. That's probably bad. 
I guess. Yeah. I don't know how that works. Not scientists on the What If podcast, as <laughs> you guys have as reminded us time well and time know again. By now, yes. yeah, someone will send us. Save e- your emails. We know we're dumb. No, no, just Google it. Actually, don't save your emails. Someone tell us why your wasn't teeth have oh. to be removed before. And because like thirty people have hit me up asking what the Heaven's Gate podcast is called. Oh yeah, we did have a bunch of people yell about that. It's called Heaven's Gate, and I don't mean to be rude, but. Most, maybe maybe people thought it was Heaven's Gate was like because Heaven's Gate was also the name of the cult, so they were like, "Oh, there's a podcast about Heaven's Gate. What's the podcast?" Right. A lot of people keep emailing me or tweeting me, "Hey, what's the name of that Heaven's Gate podcast?" If you literally instead of typing that into an email to hi at what if podcast, type it into Google, it would Google be the first re- <laughs> be the first result. But you know, it's just called Heaven's Gate. Uh, it's heavensgate.show is their website. They're on Stitcher and iTunes. And I don't know why we're doing free promo for another show right now. <laughs> Back to Antarctica. <laughs> um, any other, any other random facts about oh, Antarctica? I, I got, I got tons. You got plethoras. Then let's keep talking about it. Cause the, we're going to get into stories about Antarctica, but I feel like the facts are we important We need to establish to, just how fucking weird it is. Yes. The warmest it's ever been on Antarctica. You want to guess? If you don't already know, um, no, I don't want to guess. I want you to tell me. <laughs> I will not participate I'll in not, this stupid ass I, game I, that you're proposing. Fifty-eight point two degrees Fahrenheit is the warmest it has ever been on the entire continent. If it's not a showcase showdown, I'm not guessing numbers. Uh, fifty-eight? No, fifty-two point eight. Fifty-eight point two. Fifty-eight point two. That. It's not very warm. Not very warm. What do you mean? That's the warmest it's ever been on the whole continent. Yeah, ever. but that's almost 60 degrees. We wear yeah. shorts in Minnesota. <laughs> yes. 58 is almost 60. I'm just saying we <laughs> wear you. we wear shorts in this in this city when it gets to 58 sure, degrees. I'm just saying this for that to be an all-time record high. A record high for your continent yeah. is kind of crazy. Yeah, I agree. If the, if North America had only ever been 58 degrees, there would be about like a third as many people here. It'd be entirely seals and penguins. <laughs> uh no polar bears. That's the Arctic. Yeah, yeah. Isn't, like, the only animals they have that are not in the water, uh, well, I guess penguins live a lot of their lives in the water, too, but isn't it, like, the only... Not a lot, because then they get eaten by seals if they go in there. Sure, okay. But they do some, like, fishing. They go in there to fish and then get the fuck out before they get their heads chomped off. Yeah, but, I mean, I think, as far as I could tell, the only creatures that live on land in Antarctica are penguins. There's one insect that's native. What? Yeah. A native insect? I can't remember the name of it. Uh, But it's not an ant because that's the only place on earth that ants are not found. I I have to imagine if it gets to, like, what can survive any temperature that is 100 degrees below zero? Cockroaches? I don't know. I mean, probably. Or they they burrow. You know what I mean? But down to what? Underground? I know, but it's not, it can't be much colder in the ice. Well, no, I'm saying in, into the actual earth, not the, not through the ice. Yeah, you just got a ways to go to get into the earth, is all I'm saying. Not on the whole continent, though. Not, not on the whole The continent. whole thing's not covered with ice all the time. But isn't everything else just rock? It's not like earthen. I don't know. I haven't been there. <laughs> that was... that. <laughs> most have not. Most have not. That's what I found when I... Uh, it seems like everything else is basically rock, because it's been, it's been cold... For basically millions of years, ever so there's yeah. no like not not true, um, not true. There are there used to be dinosaurs there millions of years ago. It used to be warm. Yeah, we gonna talk about that too. Ninety yeah. percent uh, of all fresh water on the planet Earth is on the continent of Antarctica. I read seventy, but it's a lot. 
Numbers are numbers, bro. Numbers are numbers. We get them wrong all the time. It's probably 70. It probably started at 90, and it's probably 70 now that global warming has melted a significant sure. chunk of Antarctica. Sure. Uh, it wasn't discovered until 1820. Wait, 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 wait. We just didn't know that there was a comet. It was a rumor until 1820. <laughs> They're like, we think there's something over there. We've heard stories that there's something over there. No one actually saw it until 1820. Damn, that's so awesome. No one set foot on it until the 1890s. It's only been 120-some years since somebody stepped on Antarctica. We are going to find some wild shit on that continent when it starts yes, to melt. Yes, like when we drill into that lake. Ugh. Yeah. Yuck. Um, dogs are banned from Antarctica. Dig move. Eh, they got viruses and disease and shit, and they're not native. They're good dogs, Spencer. I'm sure they are, but we got tanks. We don't need them. We got tanks. Well, for that matter, then, I would imagine that any animal species that is not native to Antarctica is probably not allowed, right? Well, except humans, because we make the rules about such things. Well, right. And we generally don't refer to ourselves as animals. Right. <laughs> but we totally are. <laughs> we uh, totally we are. We used to bring dogs with us to pull us around on sleds and stuff. And then they're like, oh, they're giving the, the mm. weird little bugs diseases. We should leave. Got it, got it, got Fuck it. Fuck those dogs. Stay home. So when 14 huskies shit their way across the continent, they were- It does weird things to the, yeah. the native bugs. Bacteria, etc. cetera. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sure, 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 sure. Okay. Uh, the largest iceberg was roughly the, that broke loose from the, the larger ice shelf or whatever it's called, was roughly the size of Jamaica. Damn! Mm-hmm. That's a big ice cube. Uh, what else That's I got? a big old fashioned you could make. True, true. Um. Oh, last one. The loss of ice from West Antarctica between 2009 and 2012 caused a dip in the gravity field over the region, according to the ESA, which is the European Space Agency. Apparently, melting billions of tons of ice year after year has some implications. Yeah, you know, which I don't really understand because wouldn't the mass be the same whether it's ice or water? Yes, it just got redistributed locate locationally. Well, this is a very interesting segue into one of my favorite stories I found. Yes, (laughs) we do this. (laughs) We do this. So I think take it away. So I think uh, I think now that gravity has been introduced to the conversation, it's probably a good time to uh, play to, some John Mayer to play some gravity. That's the only that's as much as we can say of that song. That's as much of it as I know. So or we're getting sued. Um, did I tell you I, I met one of the dudes from the Black Eyed Peas the other night, by the way? I, you did. Oh, yeah, that was on the uh, that was on the Patreon that was for the 30, 32 people that listen to us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash what it podcast. You can get another episode of the show every week that is not this episode. That means double the what if. Well, then fuck it. I won't tell that story again. That was an exclusive. Carry on about gravity. If, if you want to hear about Spencer hanging out with the black eyed peas, <laughs> go to patreon.com slash what it podcast and you can hear the story that he did tell me. Damn, uh, we're good at this. Keep talking about gravity. <laughs> um, we're talking about gravity. So I think it's time to, uh, to bring up the, uh, there's a couple, there's a couple names for it. We're going to call it the Wilkes landmass concentration, which Ooh. is also sometimes known as the John Wilkes, Wilkes booth. John Wilkes Booth was not a participant. Um, it is also known as the uh, Wilkes Land Gravitational Anomaly. 
That sounds like a Secure Team 10 video. Jump, jump, jump. Funny enough, there actually is a uh, Secure Team 10 video about this. Um, I started reading. But it is a real thing. I started reading some article today, and then I saw that all of the photos in said article were screen grabs from Secure Team 10 videos. just immediately clicked off. Yeah, except I'd already spent like three or four minutes on it, and I was real, Mm. real irritated. Heck. That's understandable. Dog source is, is nice and... Nice and loud today. Come, I was like coming in pretty hot in the in the headphones in the studio today. Heck, <laughs> right, right in your ear. Ooh. Um. So so yes, there's a Secure Team Ten video about this, but the uh, the anomaly, the gravitational anomaly in Antarctica is uh, itself real, and it's pretty interesting. In uh, in 2000 and well, in the early 2000s, a uh, research group from the university, uh, Ohio State University, excuse me, they went down on a scientific expedition, as is most of the expeditions to Antarctica in the early 2000s, and they came back and gave a presentation at a conference in 2006 that based on the readings that they found in the scientific discovery uh, expedition they went on, as well as combined with... Uh, information from nasa's grace satellites uh g-r-a-c-e don't know what it stands for bet you it's gravity something uh because what they do is they're designed to fly around the planet and identify gravitational anomalies in the earth gravitational real-time anomaly catcher everything catches catching everything (laughs) catching With an apostrophe after the end no g catching everything humanity is actually oh Jesus Christ. (sighs) (laughs) Scared me. (laughs) I'm sorry. That's what happens when we have the machine turned up to like 38. Can you you turn it down a little bit? (laughs) I labeled my samples wrong too. And I thought I was going to play Hannibal Burris saying sometimes it's not your night. And then Mason started just screaming (laughs) screaming David Icke quotes into my ear. Oh man. I'm going to take a break. Maybe maybe that's more fun to not name the pads. And so it's like (sighs) sound effect roulette. My mistake. (laughs) However, However, please, uh, the gray satellites basically told them that there is, in fact, a gravitational anomaly over the continent of Antarctica. And it's in the area that's called Wilkes Land because there isn't any actual like provinces or states or designated real areas. They're generally just named after like first explorers in uh, who explored certain regions of Antarctica. Right. And John Wilkes Booth was the first one to find this area. Yes. Yeah. John Wilkes Booth. This in, is, in 1820. is where he ran to escape after yep. he murdered Abraham Lincoln. In 1820. In 1820. <clears throat> um, and basically what they found is that there was a gravitational anomaly that was uh, appeared to be based on the Grace satellite information, roughly 300 kilometers wide in a circular circumference that has a spike in gravitational pull. And the way that it's explained is generally that the satellites uh, dip lower over these areas. And if they fly it around enough times in the same sort of pinpointed spot, they can f- figure out where the dip happens and why. So not why, but where, generally speaking, it does. Does that mean that there's something really, really dense there? Yes. Okay. Generally speaking, it does. So what what Grace does is it looks for these anomalies, and depending on uh, depending on where it's found, they can make different sort of 
suppositions around what is causing it. Where are the various secret underground UFO bases are? Well, <laughs> we're getting, we're kind of getting there. <laughs> okay. Um, but it's also often used for volcanic activity, for unknown volcanoes, or to predict uh, volcanic activity. And the reason is because the material that's closer to Earth's core in the lower mantles as it bubbles up to the mm. Earth is actually denser. So as it mm. makes its way to Earth's surface, it changes the gravitational pull of certain vicinities on the Earth's surface. Because denser material is being pushed up it's to the surface? Pushed to the surface, exactly. Yeah. Imagine that. Imagine that. So another very interesting thing about the Wilkes Land Gravitational Anomaly is that because it is a 300-kilometer circle and... That's a big volcano. It's Well, so it's actually... That's a big UFO. It's actually, it's actually theorized that it is neither of those things because a big thing uh, that they look for as well, especially on Antarctica, is they use uh, radar planes to fly over to figure out what the actual landmass looks like underneath the ice mass because radar reacts differently to the rock and the landmass. So they okay. fly planes over that shoot radar down to go what's below the ice shelf if the ice shelf were to be entirely melted. There's actually some pretty cool animations online that NASA's put together with the radar information they have where you can see what what Antarctica would actually look like were there to be no ice at all over it, which it's is just, pretty fascinating. It's just one big floating saucer. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the flying saucer. Um, it's a shitload of rock and it's all, it's all pieced together. But what they've found through the radar images is that there's actually a larger ring around the Wilkes Land gravitational anomaly that looks like an impact crater. Um. And the impact crater itself, they've measured to be 480 kilometers wide. Damn! <laughs> which is 300 miles around wide. Heck. Which equates to an impact crater roughly the size of the state of Wisconsin. <laughs> what? <laughs> and what if a, oh man. What what if a what if a an asteroid the size or a meteor the size of Wisconsin hit Wisconsin? <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I quit. The the universe is in general. I quit the podcast. The, the universe is getting back at you for being like, "Oh shit, we do this earlier. <laughs> we do not do this. We do <laughs> Abs- not do absolutely this. Absolutely not. This is just even bush league from from top to bottom. Even though here. we do this twice a week for like a year, <laughs> well, three times a week, some weeks. <laughs> um, we are still a piece of garbage. <laughs> Um, for whatever it's worth, uh, a 300 mile wide slash around crater the size of Wisconsin would be two and a half to three times larger than the Chicxulub crater, which I think I'm pronouncing wrong, but that is the crater in Mexico that, uh, scientists and archeologists believe was responsible for the mass extinction of the dinosaurs. Mm. While we're talking pronunciation, it's, it's pronounced Wisconsin. By Wisconsin. The way. Yeah. Rhymes with mansion. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Thanks, T-Pain. Um, so the unfortunate part about this is uh, we can't go down and see the impact crater because it's covered with a mile and a half of ice. Yeah, we just got to wait a while. We just got to wait a while. 
Um, but they literally can't underwater. even drill down to see if there's proof of an impact. But the cool or the interesting thing about the volcanic thing that we were talking about with the density and the gravity is what they believe is when a meteor hits the surface of the planet that is that large, it actually creates such a disruption in the mantle below that it churns the dense material in the mantle and brings up... Um, a wide expanse of denser material in the location of the impact. An it's also an expansion in Wisconsin. Um, it's also theorized that depending on what a meteor is made of, it could also be bringing denser material from another location into that location as well. There are lots of meteors on Antarctica. The majority of those found on Earth are found on Antarctica. Yeah, probably which is pretty there's wild. No, well, probably because there's no stuff there and it's really big. I guess there's that. You don't have to look through much to find a meteor if it lands on Antarctica. If it lands on it, yeah. But this one, because it's, uh, I think they think, they say, I think it was something like 40 million years ago that they think it hit, or 65, or I don't know, it was a long fucking time ago. Well, the ice sheet is 40 million years old. So okay, so it was pre-ice sheet. That. Um, but yeah, so uh, so that's the that's the that's the anomaly of of Wilkesland. That's quite anomalous. It's quite anomalous. Uh, it definitely also led me to the list of. Let me pull it up here. Yes. Uh, it, it led me to the list of impact craters on Earth ranked by size. Oh, I thought you were just going to start listing other Antarctic anomalies. Uh, no, God, I, I wish I, I know. Reddit.com slash r slash Antarctic anomalies. By the way. Oh, that's a real thing? Oh, yeah. Oh, great job. Most of it's just absolute garbage, but it's really entertaining. Great job, internet. Um, but yeah, I it, it, it's kind of trippy when, when you actually look at the list of how many places on Earth have been hit and left insanely large Most impact craters. Most places, I would guess. We've been around a long time. We've been around a, a long time. There's a lot of shit flying around out there. Yeah, there's up to, um, there's like... 60 or so that have impact craters that are 20 kilometers wide or greater. That's pretty big. Um, How many Wisconsin-sized ones are there? You know, only a couple. <laughs> Actually, Wisconsin is uh, the Wisconsin-sized one would be, if, if, it, if we were able to prove it, like if the ice sheet were to melt and we were able to measure it and prove that, that it was in fact an impact crater, it would far and away be the largest one in the history of the planet, which is the kind of interesting part as well. Damn. The the largest one that we have right now is in South Africa with a diameter of 300 kilometers. So the the uh, the supposed one on the Antarctic on the Antarctic ice shelf uh, would be 180 kilometers bigger than the biggest one we've ever actually been able to measure. Whew. Yeah, man. Uh, how how weird are you trying to get in the next half hour or so? Well, I've got I've got some weirdness. Okay. On, on deck. I have like not, for once, I think I have the less weird of, of the two of our stories. Or sure, of sure. Our content for today. Sure. Do you want me to go next with uh, a, a murder mystery let's in, do, in the Antarctic? Yeah, let's Antarctic. do a murder mystery and then, we'll, <laughs> and then we'll take a break and then I'll take us off the deep end after we come back from the break. Beautiful. Beautiful. Wait, so I'm telling a story first and we're taking a break? Yes, in, sir. In this non-existent break world of breaks that yes, we don't sir. need? No, oh no, we, we're going to need a break. Okay. Rodney Marks is a gentleman who lived in Antarctica for a while. He was a 32-year-old Australian astrophysicist. Unsolved mysteries. Yeah. Unresolved mysteries subreddit, also great, by the way, mm -hmm. if you're looking for weird shit on Reddit. Big hitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, in May of 2000, he was in Antarctica looking at stars and such. Whatever you do as an astrophysicist, we definitely wouldn't know. 
<laughs> we make that shit up all the time. Sure do. And then you guys correct us. On the morning of May 12th of 2000, he was, uh, he had been there for almost two full years and he was in the middle of his second winter in Antarctica, which sounds miserable. He was, uh, at the Admi- Amundsen Scott South Pole Station. And he, he went to the doctor because they had a, a medical center with one singular doctor on site uh, because he was vomiting blood and having difficulty breathing. Oh, bummer. Sounds like a good time to maybe see a, a medical professional. I, I would say so, yes. Also, sort of dicey uh, dicey chances of getting the help you need. Uh, right. As, as we discussed briefly earlier, yeah. uh, you're not getting off the continent and you've got limited access to things on the continent. And one doctor. So like better pray your timing doesn't suck too. If Sorry, someone man, else I'm is a like- podiatrist. Uh, <laughs> you're gonna have to come back in like five years or someone else is like also vomiting blood <laughs> you and you're gotta, like, you gotta wait in the waiting wait, room. Bro. Just, uh, one guy. Yikes. What year was this again? I'm sorry. I missed 2000, that. 2000. So he's vomiting blood and he's having a hard time breathing and he shows up to uh, Dr. Robert Thompson and describes what's going on. Uh, He was described as being nervous, which and upset (laughs) probably makes sense given the circumstances. And he was examined by Dr. Thompson who noticed two needle marks on his arm. But didn't bring it up at the time because uh, he's you know he's just a guy. He's just a doctor who doesn't sound like maybe the greatest doctor. He's just a dude. <laughs> and he he released him back to his room when it appeared that he had recovered a bit and was feeling better. But twice more, two more times later that day, uh, Marks came back to see Doctor Thompson. The final time, complaining that he was just in pain everywhere. Just all, all of his person was in pain. He's like, look, man, you're going to have to be more specific. <laughs> I'm a doctor. Can't really help you when you just say that everything hurts <laughs> and I'm puking blood. Uh, Woof. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it got real, I, I real be, dicey. I feel like, I feel like at that point you're just like, all right, so what I want you to do is walk out this door, find the darkest spot you can find, walk towards it. Aren't you supposed to walk towards the light in these circumstances? Yeah, I'm saying the doctor's best advice to him is like, just walk till you can't walk anymore. Well, his condition briefly got better, and he was he was conscious. He was communicating with people, um, but by the end of the day, he had died. Ugh. His heart stopped, and doctor or not doctors, doctor Thompson <laughs> was unable to resuscitate him. Um, they didn't have a transport scheduled for six months. You just leave him outside, though, right? So they put him on a sled and left him outside for six months because he was going to be preserved as long as nothing tried to eat him. Which the the penguins are not hanging around your expedition shop looking right. for human bodies to consume. His gross. Yeah, uh, his death was originally ruled, uh, or it was they determined that it was due to natural causes, which seem seems weird because he was thirty two years old. Yeah, what, most people don't. Just, what natural cause makes your entire body hurt and makes you vomit blood? At, also, that. Also, you don't just normally die at thirty-two without some sort of external yeah, force of right. some kind. Um, also, do you do you think the doctor might be like he did have a couple weird needle marks, but like, right? It was probably natural. Well, and and here's my question about that: if you didn't inject him, being the only doctor on site. It was fucking Dracula, who, bro. Who did? Dracula, bro. He's, like, did, did he... He sucked his blood. 
It's, like, it's also this very close to your Foghorn Leghorn impression. I say, I say, he uh, sucked his blood. I said, I said, I want to suck your blood, son. Jesus. Can we get a, Can we get an no, illustration of Foghorn no. Leghorn as Dracula no. for Halloween as well? Absolutely. From not. an illustrator friend. All right, type. Dr. Thompson said that there was nothing to suggest that his death was related to his work, the environment at the South Pole, or to any toxic or infectious agent. So basically he said, I don't have a fucking clue what killed this man. And also... <laughs> it works better when you point the microphone in your fell, face. It fell over. And, <laughs> and, uh, and also it kind of seems like all of those things from a doctor are like, you're all good. Like everyone right. else here is going to be fine. Oh, right, right, right. Like it is not an infectious disease that is going to get the rest of you. Right. So everybody chill until the transport comes to take this dude away. That hole we drilled into the 40 million year old ice didn't unleash some alien Did Ebola. Did not cause this. Yeah. You guys are cool. Um, six months later, he was flown. <laughs> yeah. Alien Ebola did it for you? No, I oh. just, I just had a, what was the guy's name? Wait, the doctor or the guy or who died, Rodney Marks. Rodney, Rowdy Rodney Marks. <laughs> I just had a very awkward, like a, a vision of a very awkward conversation that would be something like, "All right, I think everybody's good. I just have a really awkward question for the group: Has anyone recently had sex with Rodney? <laughs> if if yes, I'm gonna need to ask you a few questions." If you start throwing up blood, Follow we have up a questions. problem. Is your penis tiny, and did you attempt to penetrate his arm? Because I don't know where these marks came from. Uh, six months later, they flew Rodney back to New Zealand, where they performed an actual autopsy. And it was determined. Oh, that's crazy that you can't do that, I suppose. I mean, you're looking for preservation. You might not have any anyone even qualified to do so. Right. I don't know what sort of doctor or how qualified Dr. Thompson was. Right. Uh, also, I don't know what their facilities were like, if they even had, you know, if it was basically like military style pretty, pretty or minimal, if you had, right. yeah. I mean, there aren't, there aren't any permanent structures even on it. Aren't, right. on, aren't, on, 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 this is really my, on, 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 really a top, top 10 episode for me right now. <laughs> They flew him back to New Zealand and they did an autopsy and it was determined that he died from methanol poisoning, which if you're not familiar, Whoa. it's a type of alcohol not intended for drinking, but usually used in industrial or automotive uh, settings. Yikes. It's found in things like antifreeze or varnish or uh, a lot of the chemicals and liquids that are in copy machines, copiers. Whoa. So he had somehow consumed a lethal amount of methanol. <laughs> Roddy was like, the bottle says it's got alcohol <laughs> in it, and I'm bored as fuck. So that is one of the theories. <laughs> that he shot up some methanol because he was trying to get drunk. So there's been, for, for years now, there's been a New Zealand police officer named Grant uh, Wormald. Cute. Uh, yeah, it's unfortunate. Who has been uh, investigating what he thinks was the first murder on Antarctica. Mm. And according to him, he has been his investigation has been hampered by the National Science Foundation, the U.S. National Science Foundation, and Raytheon Polar Services, Whoa. which I think is the organization that he was working with at the time, um, who have not been cooperative in providing him with information. Whoa, that's kind and of a trip. He said, quote, despite numerous requests, I am not entirely satisfied that all relevant information and reports 
have been disclosed to the New Zealand police or to the coroner. Interesting. We got to get Dave Politis on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So basically, uh, the New Zealand police, or this one officer at least, thinks that he was somehow poisoned and killed. And that because of the, the setting, because of the circumstances, that it wasn't discovered until months later. And that then his investigation was intentionally derailed so that that information wouldn't come to light. Huh. Some of the more official, so to speak, explanations include that Rodney Marks might have committed suicide. Okay. Which to me doesn't make a lot of sense well, because A, if you're going to ingest, so he was a scientist. He probably knew that methanol would kill you if ingested. It doesn't take a lot. I looked up today. The average adult male would only need three to four ounces to be a lethal amount. Okay. So I guess if you were going to kill yourself and that was available, it might be a fairly efficient way to do it. Yeah. However, you probably wouldn't go to the doctor three times. Yeah, no, you're... that. W- yeah. And if you did, you would probably tell him what you had done so you could get help about it. Right. If you had drank many ounces of methanol... And, and regretted di- it later. And then regretted or, it, yeah. Then you would think you would say to the doctor, hey. I need you to make me throw up. This or, is what I did. Right, right. Can you help me? Instead of just saying like, my shit hurts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Maybe he just wanted so, pain meds to go out easier or something. Yeah. That uh, th- seems unlikely to me. Yeah, I'm with it. He also was with his fiance on on this base that they were stationed at, who had recently been reassigned there just to be with him. So if he were going to kill himself, the timing also seems pretty weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there there was no other indication that he was, I mean, not that there is always, but that he was depressed or suicidal or anything. Um, another suggestion is that he purposely drank the alcohol or the, the methanol alcohol in an attempt to become intoxicated. Which, again, seems pretty unlikely to me. Being a scientist, you would think he would know that, like, that shit going to kill me. Right. And also, they had an abundance of alcohol at the base. So, so like, if you wanted to get real fucked up, you don't need could to have drink poison. Easily instead. and for free because they shipped pallets of booze at a time to this base where they were stationed. Do you think there's any possibility he was doing it to try to, like, get sent home? Like, that he was he was fucking tired of being there and he was like, I'm real sick. Like if I, maybe like, like maybe he thought Possibly, if I drink why, why one a lethal ounce, amount then? Well, I'm saying maybe he didn't know. Maybe he was like, I'll drink one ounce. And for him, maybe he was a little guy and that was enough to kill him or I don't maybe. know. It, it also, I guess is possible that he unintentionally drank it somehow. Like found it somewhere. Or, or that it was mislabeled or he mm. reached for the wrong... <laughs> Reached for his glass of of actual booze and picked up a beaker of methanol instead. But again, then, <laughs> oh shit! Is that the is that the poison or my gin and tonic? Vodka well, or antifreeze? Which I'm gonna flip a coin. I'm gonna flip a coin. <laughs> yeah, well, just, I'll just drink both. It'll yeah, be all right, fun. All right. But then you would think the alcohol will kill the alcohol. <laughs> you would know instantly. <laughs> Some horrific logic. <laughs> you would know instantly upon drinking it that oh that was. That was toner fluid. 
That wasn't that wasn't my. This bi- new Russian vodka <laughs> is hot, right? Like Woo! you you would know right away, and then you would communicate that to the doctor right. in one of the three trips that you made in that twelve hour period. Right. Right. <laughs> so I did. Yeah. Did you consume anything weird today, Rodney? Well, I was li- <laughs> I was licking the copier for a while. Do you think that could be it? Like you would communicate that. I've been eating paper for a snack today. A <laughs> lot of ink like, on it. It it seems almost impossible that you would unintentionally consume that a to begin with and then b that you wouldn't then communicate that information right to someone else right so then that leads it back around to the more the more likely Was thing is that he didn't intentionally or unintentionally consume anything of his own volition and that he something was introduced to his body without him knowing it makes the most sense because you wouldn't have any idea what was happening to you i yeah but i also feel like if you're if you're in Antarctica, the list of suspects of people who would murder someone, like if if they found out, which again, wait, who is, who is they though? The like if if there was suspicion from the Almighty they that someone something nefarious had occurred, like they well, would, there is from the New Zealand police, and he's saying he's he's not being given access to the information he needs. Right. I, yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah, I guess. I guess I guess I'm just saying like you wouldn't do that. You're you're living in a city or in a tent or in a fucking exploration base with like a hundred people, you know. Well, right. Like suspicion is gonna get cast on a very small group of people if you're like And it may have. Yeah, I guess that's true. And they But and we don't know because they were not because that information was not released and there was not an investigation and none of this even started until six months later. Hmm. The first time New Zealand police even heard about it was six months after the fact. Well, even even more. They didn't even have his body for six months, and then they had to do an autopsy, and then right. they had to try and figure it out and piece stuff back together. Right. The same people probably weren't even there. They don't have necessarily enough information, or ev- there's no actual evidence because mm-hmm. it was happened across the world six months ago. Right. You can't necessarily pull people in to even question, much less charge anybody with anything. Right. And then the only people who may have information about it aren't giving it to you. Is there any possibility know. that like somehow it was more naturally occurring? Like what? That the the methanol somehow was? Yeah, that it was. You know how like methane bubbles up from some point. I don't know. Like, I don't, is there any way that you? I I'm not a chemist, but yeah, I don't think so. I think it. I, I don't think it would be. And even if it were somehow naturally occurring, he still would have had to ingest a significant amount of it somehow. Right, right. Without noticing. Right. Which I'm not even sure how you, if he had to, would have had to consume three to four ounces somehow, how do you even do that without somebody noticing? If you are trying to poison someone, that's a lot. Well, that's, if you're talking about consumption through the mouth versus through the bloodstream, that's different. If you, but he wouldn't have said, "Hey, I got injected with something." When he, he went to the doctor, but I'm saying he might not have known. How would you not know? What if you were unconscious? I don't know. You could you could give somebody a shot while they were asleep. No, you wouldn't wake up while getting an injection. I don't know. Yeah, you would. Maybe. What? I don't you're know. being stabbed while you're sleeping and you're not going to wake up. <laughs> Maybe you just and ho- then you're not going to be like, "Hey, my arm is sore and there's a hole in it." When you wake up. And I'm, I'm, I bled on myself during the night. Well, the doctor noticed there was two needle marks in his arm. How did he not? Well, I'm assuming he did. And they were from something 
else. More benign, yeah. Maybe you just like hold a piece of Antarctic ice on his arm till it goes numb, and then you. That wouldn't wake you up. (laughs) (laughs) You just think it's the nightmare you've had every single night. You're like, fuck, I'm cold again. God, (laughs) fuck, this sucks. Also, I don't think you can inject three to four ounces of something. No, but that's what I'm saying. An injection in the bloodstream. Oh, a lethal dose would be smaller. A lethal dose would be way smaller than if you were to eat it and put it in your stomach. Sure. That's crazy. Uh, So any outcome? No no outcome? Just just still... they stopped investigating it. His family mm. said eventually, like, we don't we don't want to do this anymore. We don't want to keep pursuing this. He's dead and we're not gonna undo that. Man. And uh, as of I think like oh eight, they just stopped. Is there did you stumble across when you found the story or anything around it? Did you have you seen anything around the number of people who have like died on or from or around Antarctica? Uh no. I know it's like a couple every year, though. I was going to say, I would Just imagine... the conditions are so brutal. Right. Um, and you're talking about, like, ships and diving and flying and, like, all these really fucked up conditions. Like, I would imagine it would be... It's dangerous enough to... There's never officially been a murder, though. Yeah. Damn! In 1819, 644 people died because a ship sank. Wow. Well, that'll um, do it. Lists... Oh, man. Lists of disasters in Antarctica by death toll. Oof. Could there be a darker Wikipedia Jesus, article? Say Jesus Wikipedia. Okay, so the the San Telmo was a ship that sank in 1819, which must have been the ship that also discovered Antarctica. Mm. Uh, and 644 people died. Oof. There was a flight that uh, that crashed into a mountain on Antarctica and 257 people died. So lots of aircraft and ship deaths. Um, in the yeah, last, I would imagine even the transport alone is dangerous enough. In the last 10 years, it looks like there have been less than five. Okay. Yeah. And I would imagine that makes sense too, that it's gotten safer over time. Yeah. Yikes. Well, yeah. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and when we come back, we're going to go back to a more dangerous and strange time and we're going to, uh, we're going to fully derail things. To the year 2000. Yeah. Uh, far far before the year 2000, actually. Um, not, not, I guess I shouldn't say fully derail because I want to talk about things that are real, but things that get real weird after they start being real. Um, when, when keeping it real goes cold. Take it away, seal sounds. Hey, everybody, it's Ryan and Spencer. We just wanted to pop in quick on the break here to ask you guys a favor. And no, it is not the survey. We are done with the survey. We've been done with the survey. Uh, For those of you who filled out the survey, thank you for filling out the survey. We got our results today. I apologize to the eight of you that have PhDs and have to listen to us on a (laughs) weekly basis, get everything that could possibly be factual wrong. (laughs) That number is going to just keep going down. Sorry. Damn, these guys are dumb. Um, No, but we do have a favor to ask you, and that is... um, just just to if if you've enjoyed any episode of the what it podcast uh this one or any of the 50 more or or any of the patreon episodes um 
If you could do us one huge favor, that would be to share the show with a friend. Um, we keep getting new listeners every week and new people. Uh, Nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> new people, get, new people getting introduced to the show, and uh, also a long time ago, we promised that if we got to 100 ratings on iTunes, we'd do a Facebook Live episode where we answer questions and stuff. We're at like 98 or 99, and I assume that was a number that we would never get to when I agreed to do that. But now here we are. So if two of you, literally one or two of you, go review us on iTunes, we're gonna have to give you a Facebook Live episode, and you can, you can see our dumb faces get a bunch of seal facts wrong. So if that's appealing to you at all. Thank y'all who have already done that and have already shared it. Keep doing it if you can. And um, yeah, thank you guys for all your support. We love you. We wouldn't be doing this if, uh, if you weren't on the other end of this microphone. So thanks a lot. Let's get back to the show. Well. Oh, hi. Thanks for checking in. I'm still a piece of garbage. You know what's funny? A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. We've done uh, we've done a lot of episodes of this show, including the radio show, including the extra Patreon episodes. And the more that we do this show, the more that I realize how many of the topics we talk about on this show somehow find their way back to two things. And one of those You're things welcome. is Nazis, <laughs> and the other one is UFOs. Oh, well, uh, I'm down with half of that <laughs> yeah, equation. You're not welcome. We're not. No one's welcome for the first part. Antarctica has ties. Dude, of course. To both. Of course it does. So, What better place to hide aliens than on an <laughs> uninhabited giant continent? Yes. Um, tell me what you know about the New Swabia expedition. Uh, that, that was the thing where the, the Nazis tried to claim part of Antarctica as Nazi land? Basically, yes. So, uh, no, one, no country officially owns any part of Antarctica. Antarctica, correct? Not as far as I'm aware, no. Hey, hey, remember, remember when I suggested that we do an episode about a word that I apparently can't pronounce? Uh, what? I've said Antarctica wrong about 13 uh, times on this episode. Did you just say it wrong again? I, I didn't. So. I just blew by it. Yeah, I'm just... <laughs> I was looking at my show notes. Hey, Ryan, you, we should do an episode about anteaters. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, 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 which uh, was from 1938 to 1939. Um, the stated purpose was to find an area in Antarctica to set up a German whaling station because they were importing like hundreds of thousands of tons of whale oil into the country every year for it's not very nice margarine and lamp oil. And I know it's kind of a dick move. How fucking crazy is it that we we're like, yeah, it's kind of dark. You know, it'd be cool. If we liquefied some whales, right? Yeah, no, we're it's gonna, fucked up. We're gonna make a lamp where you have to burn the insides of a whale totally. just so you can read a book after nine p.m. Totally. Jesus, humans yeah. are the just we're just the worst. Oh, hi, thanks for checking in. <laughs> yeah, we are still a piece of garbage. garbage. Absolutely. Um, another stated goal of the uh, New Swabia expedition was to potentially scout for locations to add a German naval base to Antarctica. Okay. 
So on the 17th of December in 1938, the quote-unquote New Swabia Expedition left Hamburg. 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 um, We have some German listeners these days. I don't want to offend them. I definitely don't want to offend them. Hamburg. Um, Basically, they brought... It was sort of like a small aircraft aircraft carrier down... uh, down to Antarctica to to scout. Um, it was a secret expedition at the time. There was thirty five people on the ship, uh, and basically they the the ship that they were on was called the uh, the MS Schwabenland. Ooh! So they named the area that they landed in Antarctica New Schwabenland. We could get our our resident German language expert in here if you want. I, last time we did that, it it was not well she, received. Yeah, she kind of hates this. It show. was not super well received. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so wait, what what came first, the UFO or the U boat? Uh, what did were they going down there to to find the UFOs or? Oh, you're they... getting ahead of me, bro. You're oh, getting I'm ahead sorry. of me. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Carry the, on. The <laughs> their their intention and stated purpose was what I what I what I said was naval base, whale oil. They uh, they showed up, did a bunch of flying around, taking a bunch of pictures, trying to figure uh, shit out. They put up a bunch of swastika flags, like "What's up? The Nazis are here. Nazis in the building." I guess was their uh, their statement as they landed on Antarctica. Um, and that's sort of the extent of what we know about the uh, the new Schwabian expedition. I bet is it's that, not, though, depending on which dot blogspot person <laughs> you ask about it. Yeah, buddy. So keep keep the uh, keep the third German Antarctic expedition in your mind from 1938 to thir- 1930, 1939. Fast forward uh, seven or eight years to the United States to Operation High Jump. Okay. So we talked about High Jump on, was that a Patreon episode? Yeah, I think it was the one where we talked about the the polar men and the... Ah, uh, yes. Antarctic yeah. Bigfoot. I don't think, I think that was a, a Patreon thing, not a regular thing. Okay. So we, we talked about this on the Patreon uh, briefly, but not thoroughly. Uh, Patreon.com slash what a podcast if you want to get two episodes a week, if you didn't hear that we earlier. already did that. And I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Tell your story. <laughs> so Operation High Jump was a uh was a part of the US Navy Antarctic Developments Program. Okay. And it ran from 1946 to 1947 where uh Rear Admiral Richard E. Byrd. What's a Rear Admiral? You know what? It's a great question. Okay. It's I'm, a funny name, whatever it a, means. Yeah, 100%. 100% of <laughs> funny on. name. Uh led what was known as Task Force 68 to uh to Antarctica. Okay. The Operation High Jump and Task Force 68's stated objectives from a US Navy report were to train personnel and test equipment in cold conditions. I'm I'm Seems reading like the right location for I'm that. I'm reading directly at this point. Uh consolidating and extending the United States sovereignty over the largest practicable area of the Antarctic continent. See, I'm confused about that though, because aren't there? I thought there are treaties saying that we we can't own Antarctica and use it for military and industrial things. Yeah, but that, I don't. That, those weren't in place yet. I don't know when those happened. Okay, 
My, it, must, it must have been later, I guess. My guess would be it was a little bit like the moon at the time, where it was like, yeah, well, what if we get here first? Maybe you have to uh, fucking deal with it kind of thing. Fuck with us, we here now? We here now, yeah. Fuck, fuck with us, we put a city up, and what are you going to do about it? Moon base. <laughs> um, yeah, and there's some other things, too, that are equally benign as the first couple. Developing techniques for maintaining air bases on ice amplifying existing stores of knowledge regarding electromagnetic propagation. Like these are all the stated ex, uh, explanations for why operation high jump was going to Antarctica. Okay. However, task force 68 included 4,700 men, 13 naval ships and 33 aircraft. Jesus. For a mission that ran from November of 1946 to March of 1947. So they mobilized almost 5,000 people. Wait, for four months? F- uh, five, yeah. November, December, January, February, March. Sure, yeah, depending on when in those. Yeah, okay. So they mobilized 5,000 people and 50 vessels for five months for those stated purposes. Heck. It seems a little weird, right? Like, that doesn't seem like... Well, I mean, I'd, fuck if I know, but yeah, it does seem weird. Seems, I don't know anything about how military anything works, especially not I in the 40s, but... I don't either. And actually, we do... a whole lot of people. We have a couple military listeners who've hit us up a couple Dude, times. Even, like, even let keeping, me know if that sounds weird to you guys. Even keeping 4,700 people alive for five months would require a lot of... Supplies yeah. and refueling missions and... And you're also talking about doing it in a really, really frigid area, right? Like, it's fucking harder just to do anything there it's harder right, to well, eat. which was the point correct well right but i guess what i'm saying is it didn't seem like they were they were dipping their toes in to try some shit they were like we're going fucking whole hog with five thousand people into this to try this shit out right for not a very long period of time not to like set up shop and, and go we're gonna stick around for a while yeah well, um, i mean it's only so much you can do when you show up and you're getting chased away by UFOs. Well, so, so, <laughs> so Admiral Byrd in 1947, March 5th. Is that Larry Legend? Larry Legend? A different, different bird. Wait, what? Oh, Admiral Bird, Larry Bird. Like Is that a Larry a co- Bird combination? David Robinson, Larry Bird, Damn. Admiral Bird. Wow, you went fucking, you went out there, bro. Wasn't worth it. Keep going. You went for it. <laughs> um, he, he was interviewed in a Chilean newspaper because South America turns out very close to Antarctica. Yep, that's how that's how that's geography how, that's works. That's how geography works. Um, was interviewed by a reporter in uh, a, a Chilean newspaper called El Merc- Mercurio. And uh, I'm gonna read a I'm gonna read a direct quote from the newspaper article that was written about uh, the Operation High Jump uh, expedition. Show us what you got. He says, talking about the recently completed expedition, Bird said that the most important result of his observations and discoveries is the potential effect that they have in relation to the security of the United States. Quote: The fantastic speed with which the world is shrinking is one of the most important lessons I learned during this recent Antarctic exploration. I want to warn my compatriots that the time has ended when we were able to take refuge in our isolation and rely on the certainty that the distances, the oceans, and the poles were a guarantee of safety. 
The admiral further stated that he didn't want to frighten anyone unduly, but it was a bitter reality that in case of a new war, the continental United States would be attacked by flying objects which could fly from pole to pole at incredible speeds. This is considered a dick move. Get it? Because he's a bird? Yes. Did he mean planes or flying objects of an unidentified origin? The translation from the Chilean newspaper says would be attacked by flying objects which could fly from pole to pole at incredible speeds. Uh, like, yeah, but like airplane speeds or like space alien speeds? He did not clarify that, but Damn. there are some questions about that. The, I wish uh, he would have clarified that. El Mercurio also brought up the fact that Operation High Jump during its time in Antarctica sustained an extended number of casualties that was... Uh, unanticipated for the amount of actual combat they were designed to experience in their experience in Antarctica. Were they abduction related? Uh, no. If you really want to go down the dot blogspot route, that's of course. That's the only reason I started this podcast in the first place. <laughs> the dot blogspot route will tell you that there are quotes from Operation High Jump attendees in other newspapers shortly after the fact talking about uh, lights that were um, surfacing and surrounding them while they were uh, while they were making their pilgrimage through like the ice cutters, you know, the destroyers that do the ice cutting through Antarctica to oh, make so way. They were USOs uh, undersurface, unidentified submerged objects, submerged objects. But the submerged objects that also potentially flew after being submerged. Well, once they break the surface, now then they're UFOs. Then they become UFOs. Sure. Before that, they're USOs. Sure, 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 yeah, sure, sure. Right, right. Was was Bird the guy who also said, or there's the like secret? Who was the guy who had the secret journal who said he saw into the hollow earth when he flew over the pole? That's that also one Bird. I, that's one I do not know. I think that might also be Larry Legend. Got whatever it. this guy's first name is. Uh, Andrew? Richard Ebert. Richard. Rick Dick Bird. Okay. Dick Bird Jr. <laughs> Dick Bird Jr. His name's Dick Bird. His, his name is totally Dick Bird. <laughs> Dick Bird Jr. Uh, I gotta um, take the rest of the podcast off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about a man named Dick Bird for the last 15 minutes. And we haven't even acknowledged it. Um, it's almost as good as Egbert. Egbert. So, so, couple things. Um... I'm going to derail us fully because we're at the time where we where we can. Yeah, we're over time, man. You can say whatever wild shit you want to say right now. We gave the people an hour of somewhat coherent podcast. Coherent. You say you, you, you talk your shit. All right, so I'm about to talk my shit. The incoherent suspicion. And actually, I kind of get this and kind of think this is potentially like a, a pretty real thing. Show me what you got. Basically, the U.S. learned of the German Antarctic expedition from 1938 and 1939, coming to the close of World War II. Um, and basically, the theory goes, we were not necessarily sure that whatever they had done with the new Schwabian experiments to get down there and set up a naval base was not successful. And so there was a possibility. You can read about uh, the number of SS soldiers and German soldiers that they say were missing at the end of World War II. Um, and the even factoring in death tolls, etc., there were people who were skeptical of like SS that maybe had made it into other worlds and there's, well, there's the, whole, the whole Argentina thing the, and, and yeah. paperclip and all that stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Um, 
but World War II having ended in 1945 and us learning at the end of World War II that Germany was making multiple pushes into potentially setting up naval bases on Antarctica, a lot of people believe that Operation High Jump was the U.S. going, there's a lot of people that we can't account for and we can't find, and the war is done, and we know that they have at least made some expeditions down there, but we don't know how many. So we're going to send 5,000 fucking people and 50 ships and planes because we don't know what's in Antarctica because we haven't done a whole lot of exploring. So we're going to send a fuckload of people. They took Mm. 70,000 aerial photographs during Project High Jump, launching airplanes off of aircraft carriers and destroyers and shit and setting up shop for those five months. And a lot of people say it was only five months long because the entire purpose was, is there an additional Nazi base on Antarctica that we're not aware of? We're going to send 5,000 people down there to go do an exhaustive, yeah, wipe it out or do an exhaustive search of the continent to potentially see if there are a remainder of people at some point. I guess that makes sense. Also, there are stated quotes from German generals that said something like, we have a Shangri-La of bases that is unattainable or un... It was something like uh, un, unreachable by the rest of the world. Mm. And a lot of people suppose that it was a U-boat only accessible base. Goes back to the weird polar men story we were talking yep. about, man, that they yep. had a base under <clears throat> under the, the ice shelf on Antarctica that you could only access by U-boat. Yep. And and there, there were... Um, there were... There were there are theories that the the new Swabia thing was on the surface they only sent thirty five people but via U boat they may have sent a lot more to try to get underneath Antarctica and hollow out an area where they could hang out. Can you imagine being at a point in your life where living on Antarctica with entirely Nazis sounds like the right move? Sounds sounds like the good thing to what do. What the fuck? Yeah, man. So. Anyway, that's kind of that's kind of where the rabbit hole will lead you. And and the cool thing about it, or I well, guess the interesting thing about it, the rabbit hole will also lead you to battles with UFOs if you look in the right places. Uh yes, the, the it, yeah, I guess if you want to go one step further down the rabbit hole, it is that the U-boat base was also uh, on Antarctica was also where the Nazis were developing flying saucer-esque uh ships and that um operation high jumps casualties were caused by german ufos uh that were flying saucers that attacked us and that we also eventually Uh. wiped that base out before we came back in march and took some of those flying saucers in 1947 huh 1947 yeah roswell 1947 i'm saying if we if we were there in 1946 we were fighting german ufos we obtained some of their technology and we wiped out that base and brought it back to the United States in 1947. And the, that timing the, is... The SEALs hijacked one and sus, flew it to New Mexico? Suspicious. And that's why it crashed, because it wasn't designed to be piloted by SEALs? Uh, or it was everything was written in German, because we were trying to figure out oh, how to fly yeah, there. Oh, yeah, SEALs can't read. Yeah, right. SEALs can't read German. <laughs> Navy SEALs or, or Antarctic SEALs. <laughs> no, I was SEALs. talking about the animals. No, I know yeah, you were. Yeah, I, okay. I know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, anyway, the, the the interesting thing about it is like you can go read about the new Swabia expedition, you can go read about Operation High Jump, and then you can follow that rabbit hole as far as uh as far as you're willing to stomach some of the the oddness. But 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 there is some oddness there that I in my perpetual skepticism, I'm like, that's pretty weird. But then there's some things where I'm like, eh, that's a little far. 
Um, but yeah, Antarctica, man, it's a fucking. Uh, we covered like three percent of the of the oddities. I know it's it's. Uh, I would encourage anyone who's at all interested in any of the shit that we just talked about to go watch Encounters at the End of the World documentary by Werner Herzog. Uh, you can find out more about the crazy seal sounds. You can find out more about the bowling alley with the one ATM and about the, <laughs> the whale tanks and all kinds of cool shit that happens on Antarctica. I still have not seen it. I'm going to make it a priority, though, because it sounds fucking dope. All right. We got to go because I just bought a Mario Odyssey. and Oh, dip. I got better things to be doing than, <laughs> than talking about Nazi UFO aliens on Antarctica piloted by SEALs. Uh, before we go, I just want to make it really clear. Nazis come up sometimes, and we fucking hate those guys. Yeah, so, fuck them. Uh, just, just, just in case you guys think that our bringing up their lore is any sort of endorsement, it super fucking isn't. Okay. All right. Uh, Spencer's going to go play Mario. I'm going to go uh, drink beer, and we're going to see you next week. We love you very much, and we'll see you next time. Uh-oh. Bye. We'll be back next week with another episode of the What If Podcast. Learn more at www.whatifpodcast.com.